What is up? Welcome to Social Skills for Dummies. It's Dallas, the host of this podcast. Man, it's good to see you as always. Um, Today, I wanted to give you a slice of perspective. You know, I've been living, you know, uh, through a breakup. You know, I've been really heartbroken lately. It's been really sad. Um, And the fallout of this relationship, you know, it's been eight years. Um, And in the fallout of this relationship... You know, I've done a lot of reflecting. And throughout the course of this relationship, I've been lended a lot of perspective, a lot of insights on human behavior and psychology, uh, as well as the general guidelines of do's and do's, do's and, and do nots in terms of social uh, relationships that you have a commitment to and those that you don't have a commitment to. Um, I've seen the entire spectrum. And one of the things that, this is day five, by the way, so welcome to day five. One of the perspectives that I've been ruminating lately on that I just offer you uh, offer you to consider and something that will also supercharge your social life is this. Today, I'm going to keep it super simple. Um, but, you know, there's something in a relationship called a seven-year itch um, in all relationships and marriages. Um, and it's defined is generally the point in time seven years the seven year arc when marriages and relationships are most likely that have the highest propensity to fail or to result in divorce and you know i looked it up there's no hard science on why it is that's just what the statistics are that's just what's been observed you know but my perspective is you know everything has its duration in life You know, everything has its arc. Nothing goes on forever. You know, flowers and blooms and, you know, these different things. And wilts even have their peaks throughout summer and throughout winter. And, you know, for human and the human experience, you know, novelty becomes routine. routine. And there is an extent of time. uh, I don't remember what, what it's called. But, you know, everything loses its novelty with time. You know, the amount of dopamine that you reap from any endeavor... You know, it decreases throughout time. Uh, and it results in these things that go up and become very beautiful and they go down. Um, and with a lot of people that listen to this podcast, Social Skills for Dummies, um, you know, they have this end goal in mind. They want to be in relation. They, they want to get in the girl, uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever else. And one of the things that I wanted to do in this episode is kind of challenge that perspective. And... You know, uh, not only will it help you be more savvy and be more charismatic if you have an appropriate marking in the end. You know, a lot of people are just, first off, just fumbling through the darkness. You know, they, they say with everything, begin with the end in mind. Because it makes it easier to reverse engineer um, the process to get there. You know, if you're in a situation or you're coming upon a situation, you don't know what the end is. Then you don't know the routes to get there. It's like, you know... Um, Open up your GPS to somewhere you don't know. Like, uh, open up your GPS and asking it to go somewhere you don't know where you want to be. Um, and that's a mouthful, but it, you know, I did say that appropriately. Open your GPS and asking it to take you somewhere that you don't know you want to be. It's kind of an impossible task, you know, because essentially the routes are infinite. Because it doesn't have a set, you know, it doesn't have a set destination. Um, 
I'm walking around outside, so I'm a little scatterbrained today. It's also a little earlier than usual, so good morning to y'all too. It's about three three o'clock here in LA. It's a beautiful day, man. It's one of the one of the few sunny days this year. You know, a lot of the days this year haven't been sunny. I'm sorry if it's a lot of wind too. You know, I'm just trying to walk around and get this done. Uh, get something out to y'all before the day's up, or before I have to go into work. You know, the, but the perspective that's been on my mind as of late is, I don't know, just recently I've kind of been, and, and I'm not saying this is right, you know, I think relationships and marriages, things like that are beautiful, and they should be done even just for the sake of knowing them. Like, they're beautiful in their own essence. They're beautiful in their own way. They don't need, you know, a, a, you know, a, a reason or a goal or a logic behind it. Because the way I view it, logic and reality, like, when everything is literally subjective, logic is not a real thing. You know, people like to stand on logic and say logic is logic. I don't think logic is an actual thing, you know. But to continue along with what I'm saying, um, I kind of look at it like this, man. Everything has its environment, you know, and that environment is the thing that supplements it. That environment is the thing that makes it grow, that thing that makes it what it is. You know, and I feel like relationships, they have this arc because, you know, the flaws in humanity, what comes with relationships with the human mind, like there, I think there are many ways to do the same activity based on your being. You could be someone else and do something, you know, uh, with a similar, with the same process, but it'll be different because of the way you approach it. You see what I'm saying? Um, like to, 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 to kill, to shoot a gun out of love in self-defense versus to shoot a gun out of hate and vengeance are two different entirely things. And I think the ripple impact they, impact they have on the world are two different things. So take this into perspective. I think the way generally the way humans interface with each other, generally the way humans structure and then bring about relationships, they follow this pattern. I think because of human possessiveness um, and the flaws in humanity, you want things to be your own. You want ownership over uh, things. What relationships tend to do is like a flower. You pluck it out of the ground and you remove it from its environment. You know, generally when people, you know, get into relationships, they they don't too often talk to their friends. Uh, you know, they spend less time talking to their families. Um, you know, when you met that girl, she was the flower in the ground. You know, she was just this beautiful thing that walked past your screen. And you're like, what the hell is that? You know, this thing is beautiful. Like, it has almost a glow to it, a certain essence, because it's nourished by the environment. When you met her, you know, she was going out to bars every night. She was talking to her clique, her group of friends. She had a bunch of guys in her phone that she was also talking to. She would go out and go to the bar and hook up on the weekends. And these things, even though they contradict your relationship... They fed her. They nourished her in that state that she was in. They, 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 they were almost the wind in her sails. You know, the solar power to her life, her turbines. You know, and when you get into a relationship, suddenly all these habits that nourish your being, in its most free and most optimal state, they cease to exist. Because oh, you're mine now. I'm sorry about the wind, by the way. You can't do X, Y, and Z. You know, you won't hang out with your friends as often because there'll be a monopoly in your time from your partner. You won't go out to eat all the time because you'll stay in to eat. You'll watch movies inside. You won't be on the same circuits, the same routes. And so essentially that flower is being plucked out of its environment. Everything needs an environment to live. 
everything is needed in the environment not only to be sustained and to survive but to be enriched and to be that which it is you know um and relationships just happen to pluck you out of your environment i think there's only so long of a time that people can exist without outside of their circuit before they have to be returned back to the soil um and so it's just a questioning on my end like is the way we conduct relationships you know relationships are a great thing i don't think they're a bad thing ever but the way that we conduct them as of now even amongst each other um is 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 dangerous and i think human the human brain has evolved to kind of recognize that the danger in that and you know you can see like with it, like an interaction you know um because this is how usually how it goes with the interaction socially in terms of social skills one of the biggest red flags and one of the common most common reasons people fail is because they out the gate they're possessive they 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 overly desire a person they want a person to be theirs they want ownership you know they have what they call one itis like this is the only one thing in the world for me you know and they get emotional because they can't control a person's actions or reactions you know there's a neediness that's why one of the most attractive features a person can have is non-neediness non-possessiveness because it's indicative of the fact that okay if we were to do anything together if we would have any type of bond or relationship i would still retain my environment i would still be nourished they would still be winning my sales i wouldn't have to be cut off from the source that made me who i am or made or makes me or enriches me for who i am okay and so just as a general theme throughout dating, throughout relationships, throughout attractiveness, non-emious and detachment is a necessity. And so in going into relationships and in going into, you know, uh, any type of bond, the, the, the work on who you are, the work on being, the work on un, like uh, relenting, relinquishing, you know, uh, life and fate and all of these things around you is one of the core pieces. And that's why, you know, I have a program coming out July 21st. It'll uh, be at www.socialskillsfordummies.com. That's why one of the most common themes will be the practice of letting go. The practice of non-neediness. The practice of, of not needing to possess anything. Because that corrupts everything. You know, not a, you, know, you know, the horror of it is that a lot of people can be non-needy. But the title change for some reason is a signifier in their brain that things within them should change too. So, okay, they're this cool, non-needy person, and they become your boyfriend or girlfriend, and suddenly their trauma becomes activated, their pain body becomes activated, and they lynch onto you, uh, they clamp down on you, and then funny things start to come out. You know, now they're this possessive person, they're this abusive person. That's one of the biggest commonalities in abusers and, you know, people like that. It's like, oh, they were so charming in the beginning. They were so great to me in the beginning. Oh, when it's good, it's good. When their needs are met, it's good. When they're satisfied, when they feel secure, it's good. But when it's bad, it's bad. You know, when it's the end, when they feel they got their grasp on you, it's bad. I remember watching a video by Owen Cook. Uh, he was in the Grand Canyon. And he talked about, you know, um, the the nature of what he called low vibration versus high vibration. So good energy versus bad energy. Or good things versus bad things. And it was an inverse relationship. You know, a high vibration. It might hurt or it might be mundane or slow moving. Or it might not be exactly what you desire on the front end, but it's beautiful on the back end. So, you know, and you have to change your palate to kind of desire these things. It's not what you desire on the front end because you're raised in a corrupt and toxic world. And so, for example, on the front end, it'd be like working out. It's tough. It's difficult. You can find a love and adoration for it. But on the back end, the results are immeasurably beautiful with time. It grows and it ages like fine wine. Uh, good food. 
You might think there's a tart or bitter taste to good food. But on the back end, your life flourishes, your, mentality, your, your, your clarity in your brain and your bodily functions flourish because of it. Um, like bad food, you know, on the inverse, low vibration, as they say, you know, it'll taste good on the front end. It'll kill you on the back end, you know, and people, I think, follow the same patterns. You know, he said low vibration. What it does is people who have low vibration or people who have embodied low vibration. One of the things that they do is that they're great on the front end. They're like the, they like the chocolate cake. They taste good. But then once you're in a relationship, once they feel like that, you you know, uh, this is a quote, but I think by Will Durant, Ty, Ty Lopez always says, he says that the bonds of um, the, the chains of habit are too weak to, to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. And a lot of people follow this pattern once they once, you know, you have an addiction or fixated to them, once they become your vice. Then suddenly they begin to poison drip you. Suddenly they begin begin to become toxic. When you're when, once you're locked in, and then they un, un, you unveil this you know this whole host of evil that you couldn't foresee, that you couldn't that you couldn't see coming, and then bad things start to happen. You know, so there's an inverse relationship. There's good on the front end, like the chocolate cake, but bad on the back end once they lock you in. And so it's kind of hard to tell um, in a lot of situations. Whether the indicators of non-neediness or non-possessiveness and freeness are actually real in the first place. But, you know, one of the main points I'm uh, coming to this podcast to bring to you is that um, not only is it a necessity and attraction, but, you know, as a philosophy in life and as a way of being just generally throughout your life and generally throughout living, I think a lot of the times it is more fruitful and it's a cornerstone of a great life. You know, a great, a great social life, a great dating life, a great marriage life. I really believe that. I've never been married, but this is what I believe. Um, and those are, you know, all of the aforementioned are the reasons I believe that. You know, um, and so to practice that every single day and to remember and to keep in mind, okay, am I the environment? And I'm trying to pluck something and create an artificial environment for this flower. Or, and, you know, am I supplementing the environment? Or I'm becoming a piece in this environment. Are we too tilted in the bond of the relationships that we have? When you're even in social, just meeting somebody and bonding somebody, am I too tilted? Like when my friend, my platonic friend, has other friends, am I upset? Am I trying to monopolize their environment? Am I trying to be like a parasite and suck everything from their environment and then with time begin to own it? You have to kind of check yourself and check whether that's happening to you. Am I overly? Am I overbearing? Am I overpossessive? Am I smothering this person? Am I taking this beautiful thing and bringing it to the next level, but destroying it in the process? So it's just one of those things to keep in mind. You'll, ha- you'll, you'll, you'll find greater results in your life if you keep a tally on this and if you manage it the best you can. Um, and so, yes, you know, we can't pluck things from its environment. We have to let them grow. We have to let them be them. The habits that made them who they are, they have to you know, grow and develop and evolve on their own. Not because our own, not because our intervention necessarily. Now, our intervention will change some things. Not all things. Not just the wild west out here. But adore and love people for who they are, and grow and try to adore and love people for who they are. Um, I guess that's kind of what what I'm getting at here. Um, and so I do want to further this. Just in a, you know another idea I have. Just a little cherry on top of the cake, even though it might not be completely relevant. One of the things that I've been thinking lately is even even uh, environ like environments are are everything in the world. I come to find, I think so. You know, and, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, like even like your thoughts. You know, thoughts you have, I, I envision them 
at this point in my life is plucking them out of the environment that is whatever the hell is beyond this. You know, you're getting these beams of information from somewhere out there, wherever it is. And a lot of times we take our ideas and we plant them in our heads and we obsess over them. But you notice everything that you have in your mind and you obsess over it, it wilts and dies. That idea never comes to fruition, never comes to reality. You know, um, one of the first things that the owner of ClickFunnels, the guy I look up to for business, Russell Brunson, he does. He says, for every business, I never start it unless I can find a dream 100. It's a list of the hundreds of influencers that he could use it as, use it as a distribution channel for his product, for his idea, once he begins to create it. That's the environment for his idea. And so he says, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, these are not exact words, but I'm, I'm aligning these two thoughts together. Unless he can find an environment for his idea, he kind of just lets it go and discards it. You know, they say the biggest indicator of whether a business will succeed or not, whether you make money in a business, is not the business itself. But whether it's in a growing or shrinking market, shrinking markets don't make great businesses. Growing markets do or creation of a market is the highest form of business. Uh, and those are where the billion dollar companies come from. Those are where monopolies come from when you create a new market. And so you grow and expand with the market and begin to own it infinitely. OK, like Tesla, it owns the EV market, essentially. Oh, it does own the EV market. There is no functional EV company outside of Tesla. You know, they say uh, the Rivian or the Lucid. But they're facing extreme, extreme distribution challenges and those companies are failing. So um, the point I'm bringing is that everything, like your ideas, they will, if you try to own them, they will, if you try to possess them and be the one man show. I mean, it's the same exact ideas, the same exact motif. And so what I'm expressing is ideas, they come to you and you have to plant them in an environment, a circuit that enriches them, that grows them, that sustains them as quickly as possible. And if you don't, I'm sorry, this wind is terrible. Let me go behind this wall. There we go. Okay, I'm out of the wind. Sorry if the wind ruined some of this episode. Um, but I you know, I feel I'm looking at the wavelength of audio. And it looks kind of clear to me for the most part. So I hope it's great. But the point that I'm bringing just to put the icing on the cake is that everything needs to be planted in an environment. If you try to even hold an idea, something as small as an insignificant idea to yourself, it will just wither away. It will fade into memory. Um, it'll fade into a history that never happened and so you have to plan it you have to share it with people same thing with your your romances with your partners your ideas the things you feel everything has to be shared everything has to have environment or else it can't exist and so at going forward to have greater social results one of the things that i would say is be a more open person everything that comes into you let it flow out you know don't hold anything in you know, be free flowing, be unpossessive. You know, when the person that you want to be with, the person that you're friends with is with other people, cherish that, embellish that, and, and no, enrich and embellish that experience. Don't try to feel salty or, or change that experience. When they show you a piece of their nature that you don't necessarily correspond with, celebrate that piece of nature. Enjoy it, love it unconditionally, and even practice doing it for strangers. And with time, you'll become greater for it. That's all I really have to say in this episode. This is Dallas. It's Social Skills for Dummies. I'll see you in the next one. July 21st, 10 Keys to Social Mastery. The program is going to change your life. July 21st, 10 Keys to Social Mastery. Um, www.socialskillsfordummies.com. Okay. Uh, this is a program that will absolutely transform your, your social skills by removing the things that are stopping you from being the person that you were meant to be in the first place. You are him. Like, you're him. Or if you're a lady, you are her. You have 
something infinite about your social skills. You have, you have attained social mastery, and when you're comfortable in your high days, you exit, you know, you exhibit that trait already. Uh, if that's the word, you display that trait already. And so the only thing getting in your way is the moments where, you know, the things underneath the surface are triggered and stopping you from doing that. And so this is how you get rid of those things so you can be that person all the time. I'm sorry, this wind is atrocious. You can be that person all the time. And that program is going to show you how to do that. It's the only program in the world to do so. July 21st, www.socialskillsfordummies.com. 10 Keys to Social Transformation. I might change the title. I'm working on it. Okay. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Subscribe so you can keep up with these episodes. Rate and review this podcast. I would really much appreciate if you rate and review this podcast. It makes a huge difference. Thank you so much for listening.